Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another brand new episode of Back at the Wall Pod. My name is Zach, joined by Ezra. As always, Ezra, how's it, doing? How's it going today? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm good. Opening day is tomorrow. It is crazy. We're so close. Um, man, am I excited. I know you are, too. Um, in our last episode yesterday, we just talked about the entire AL, our kind of rundown of the predict- of the divisions there and our predictions. We, just to recap, I had the uh, Yankees, Guardians, Astros winning the divisions with the Jays, Mariners, and Angels as my bold take in the for the wild cards. Ezra, remind me what yours were. I had the same three as you for the division, and then I, I think I had the Jays, Mariners, and then I picked the Orioles as my uh, sleeper. But Interesting. we'll see. Okay. Okay, so we each had the same division winners as last year, two of the same, two of the three same wildcard teams last year, and then a hot take for the third wildcard spot. So that's interesting. Um, let's see if it's more of the same with the NL. So without further ado, let's jump right into it, starting with the NL West this time. Uh, the NL West, you know, it's been the story of the Dodgers for the last decade, um, with the exception of the Giants' magical 2021 run. This year... I don't know if it's going to change, but it's going to be way more interesting. So the Dodgers obviously had a big offseason of losing guys, not like they normally do. Losing uh, Trey Turner, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, and Walker Buehler is out for the season with Tommy John. So, oh, and then also Gavin Lux had his injury, tore an ACL. So this team looks a lot different than it did. They still have the stars of, of Betts and Freddie Freeman and Julio Arias and Clayton Kershaw. But it's not quite the same as what we're accustomed to with the Dodgers. Um, I still think this is maybe bold. I still think they're better than the Padres. I just feel like in the regular season, the Dodgers have been there, done that. They have that thing about them that they're just so professional and, you know, calm, cool, collected, don't go through streaks that much. Um. I don't know. I feel like, and they they also have been very good at developing bullpen arms. They also have some sneaky prospects that we aren't going to talk about for the sake of time, but like just if they have some guys who you haven't heard of today, but then you hear them in August, like, yeah, wouldn't be surprised. Um, but dude, let's keep in mind that the team they had last year won 111 games and the Padres won under 100. So even if both the, the Dodgers you know, come closer to 95 wins, the Padres still have to improve to pass them. That's how good the Dodgers are. That's where I'm taking them as my division winners in the NL West. Um, yes, the Padres are great. I'm going to jump to them right now. They're a, a very good team. They've continued to spend money. Their fan base is at an all-time high. Um, they've added Xander Bogarts, of course. They're going to get Tatis back after about two or three weeks of the season. It's a very, very, very exciting team. The rotation is deep. Musgrove, Darvish smell at the top of it it's a really really talented team there's no cutting it short um depth all across the roster infield outfield pitching they've done a pretty good job developing relievers as well not quite the astros or uh raised levels but kind of close um i'm i i think this is a sure wildcard team probably the top wildcard team I have them making a good postseason run, too. We'll get to our World Series picks later. But I think it's a very talented team, close to the Dodgers, but I don't think they're going to overtake the Dodgers in the division this year. 
Um, the Giants, I'm looking for actually a bit of regression this year. They really kind of fell back to where they were expected to perform last year. Um, and then this year, they're just kind of, they didn't really add much except Conforto and uh, Hanniger, not massive game changers. They also lost Brandon Belt. Rotation, it's kind of front heavy with, uh, with Logan Webb and Di Scalfani and then some wild cards and Manaya dribbling behind. Um, I don't know. This team just doesn't excite me. It's kind of aging, not really have, doesn't really have any star player. Of course, this is a whole different story if they were able to sign one of Judge or Correa, but alas, they did not. And now we're here. Um, really not expecting much from them. The Rockies, I think, will take a step forward because they were so bad last year and have a, at least one or two exciting-ish names. But I really am not expecting much for them, and I don't think they're going to be much higher in the division. Like, they're going to come in fifth in the division, but maybe, like, slight improvements in some areas or at least some individual players. And the Diamondbacks. This team is sneaky, really good. The offense, sneaky, really good. The outfield. Not even sneaky. It's really good. They've Corbin Carroll. They've got Guriel. They've got Jake McCarthy. They've got Alex Thomas um, on the infield. Jordan Waller, their top draft pick from a year or two ago. He's going to debut at some point this year if all goes to plan. Zach Gallon's a front of the rotation stud. Not uh, he's very underrated, but he's really good. Um, and I'm really, I'm just really intrigued by this team overall. The bullpen is where they're going to lose games because they don't have much depth there at all. But I, that's an easy place to trade for at the trade deadline. And again, we talked about it in the last episode. If you haven't listened to that, go check it out. But the, the new division balancing thing, where they're going to be playing the NL West a lot less, the fact that they don't have to play the Dodgers and the Padres over and over again is huge for them. One of the biggest uh, winners of the division balancing or the roster the schedule balancing. So this team is, I'm expecting big things from them. Oh, and not to mention Gabriel Moreno, by the way, uh, uh, top prospect. They traded Dalton Varsho to the Blue Jays for him, um, as well as Guriel. All around, this is a very, very intriguing team to me. Merrill Kelly is another name in the rotation, by the way. Um, I don't know. I, they're, they're, it's not a, it's not a per- perfect team. I'm not expecting them to like, contend for a World Series here. Uh, but... This is a sneaky good team that could take one of the biggest jumps in baseball from years from from 2022 to 2023. Ezra, what do you think about that whole division? Yeah, I mean, I think you covered everything there about the West. Um, and yeah, the Dodgers are probably not what they once were. Now they have the experience going for them, which I think is huge, right? They're just they've been atop that that division for so long, um, with the exception of I mean that wild card season, but still, point is. They've run that division for the last decade. Um, and I think that that, that is going to be a factor again. Um, but like you said, they haven't done enough. Um, they don't have the depth that they had in recent years. A lot of that prospect capital is gone. Um, thanks to the trade, you know, Max Scherzer trade was that Scherzer-Turner deal. Um, stuff like that. So it's a, still a good baseball team. But if you take away the, if you were to look at this team on paper and ignore everything that they've done in the last decade, which you can argue is smart or not smart to do, it's probably not a team that makes you say that that says, oh, that's a hundred games. That's a, they're winning a hundred, or even, I'd argue on paper it doesn't even look like a ninety-five win team. 
like if on paper, I think it, it looks like a wild card team on paper, probably. Right now, you take into account what they've done, still makes you think they can win the division. They probably still can, even if San Diego's done all that. Um, you know, San Diego's spent like crazy trying to come catch up to the Dodgers. Um, and they went further than the Dodgers did last year, right? So San Diego's certainly, you know, nothing to um, nothing to scoff at. But I think San Diego could either end up winning that division by a lot or also kind of being where they've been in recent years where they're just a lot of games back but still a good team, if that makes sense. Like if they win it, they're going to really win it and they're going to win a hundred something games, but also like they could be kind of tailing the Dodgers by a lot just as easily. And I think the balance schedule is going to help too, right? Like historically LA has feasted. I mean, they just went out, they would just go out to Colorado. They'd go out to Arizona and they would just, <laughs> you know, rack up wins there. So they're going to play them less. The D-backs are a better team than they were, like you mentioned. Um, so I think it's going to be tougher for the Dodgers than it was. And they haven't made enough additions to, you know, account for all the injuries they've dealt with and the guys they've lost. Um, so, yeah, you want to believe in them because, it, yeah, it's Dodgers, but also, like, it's tough to when they just don't have the guys they did. So you're going with the Potters, the Dodgers? Like, name, name one. Pick. I got a pick. I'll go with the Padres. Why not? It's a little bit of an outside. More fun. I want to see it. I'm with you. It's more fun. Slam Diego. <laughs> Why not? All righty. Um, shall we move on to the uh, Central? Let's do it. All right. So, um, again, there's not much here compared to the other two divisions in this league. Um, the Cardinals are, like, far and away the best team right now. My big concern for them is their pitching. There's a real lack of depth there. Wainwright's going to start the year on the IL. It's his farewell tour, um, but not off to a good start. Jack Flaherty is, has not been able to stay healthy at all for the last number of years. Like, if you think Jacob deGrom can't stay healthy, Jack Flaherty's been worse than deGrom. Um, Michaelis is kind of their ace right now. He's their opening day starter. Not sure how I feel about that in the long run. Montgomery was really good for them once they traded for him. But again, it's just the depth here really lacks. The injury uh, likelihood is quite high for some of these guys. So I have my question marks, but that offense is going to carry them. Arenado and Goldschmidt are really, really good dynamic duo. N Lars Newtbar, the folk hero of the WBC, he's in line for a really good season. His numbers were pretty good last year, but are expected to take, to take a big leap forward this year. Um, he just had a lot of peripheral numbers like uh, that would suggest he's going to improve this year. Um, Tommy Edmond, really good leadoff hitter with the nice uh, with with great versatility and a great glove, no matter where you put him. Um, Overall, the, the the depth in the offense is really good, unlike the pitching. And they have young guys who they're going to rely on, Dylan Carlson, Brendan Donovan, and Nolan Gorman. That's it. It's the three of them. I think if one of them takes a big step forward along with Newt Bar, this division won't be close. I think if all of them stay the same, 
it'll be close, but I'm still going to pick them just because I'm not super impressed by the other teams in this division. Um, so I think I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the, um, I'll take the Cardinals winning the division, but it'll depend on kind of the, the, the progression by their young players. But I'm also not sold just because of the lack of rotation depth. Hopefully the bullpen with Gallegos and Ryan Helsley at the back end make up for it though. Moving on to the Brewers. This is such an underwhelming team, like kind of similar to what we were talking about with the Rays and Orioles a little bit. Like if they spent a little bit of money, this team would be so good. Um, they've had such a nice window open for years too, and they just haven't been able to capitalize on it because they're penny pinching, you know, $500,000 on their, on their Cy Young ace, Corbin Burns in arbitration. So that's what's really holding this team back. Again, one of the best top pitching rotations, uh, top of the ro- rotations in baseball with, uh, with, with Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, not to even mention Freddie Peralta is coming off a very disappointing 2022, but has shown lots of upside before. Um, Hauser is another name to look out for. The offense, Rowdy Telez is a nice middle of the order bat. Um, he'll he's going to hit 35 uh, bombs for you, but beyond that, Willie Adamas is good as well. But it's really you know Yelich is just not the same anymore, and that's really the biggest thing that they've lost. I don't really see him rebounding at this point. It's just been back issues, and usually those don't go away for guys who are in their 30s. Um, maybe I'm wrong. I kind of hope I'm wrong because he's a fun player to watch when he's healthy, but just hasn't been the same for since pre-COVID now, and that's a long time. The name I'm the names I'm really looking out for though are their outfield prospects, South Relic especially. Um, they've got a couple really intriguing names that could debut this year at some point. And if they do, I think they're big impact guys at some point. I just don't think it's gonna be enough this year. Maybe I'm wrong again, but I just I, I feel like they're gonna kind of lag behind a little bit and maybe look for more next year. But for now, I'm going to be really curious if Corbin Burns finishes the season with this team just because the the unhappiness of the arbitration process. We'll see what happens, but not too impressed by the Brewers. The Cubs, on the other hand, I think they could take a step forward. Their concern is kind of the the starting rotation depth. Stroman's their their opening day starter. He's their ace. He's, He's very good. Don't get me wrong. I'm just not sure he's the ace of a contending team. If he's the number two on a team and number three on a team, that means he's on a good team. That's where he should be. Um, that being said, though, the, there there are some intriguing names in that rotation um, that could take some steps forward this year. Justin Steele, maybe. Um, but in the the bats are really where the wild cards are on this team. Say a Suzuki, is he going to be healthy? Cody Bellinger, can he rebound at all with a fresh change of scenery? What about Trey Mancini? Can he kind of, he really struggled with the Astros. Maybe he takes a step forward. Um, Eric Hosmer is kind of a wash, but that's fine. There's just a lot of names on this team that are kind of meh with upside. The other big thing is they lost Wilson Contreras behind the plate, but Ian Happ is still there. He's still a very solid player. Nico Horner also today just signed, or or sorry, uh, yesterday or two days ago, just signed a uh, three-year $35 million extension. So that's a nice little pre-opening day done deal. Um, he's a really underrated second baseman, and we can't forget about Dan V. Swanson, of course. He's clutch, prone for those big moments, and that's a huge ad for Chicago defensively, offensively as well. 
So I think this team might surprise people. I think they could win maybe 80-ish games, maybe even approach 500, past 500. I'm not sure it'll be enough to overtake the Cardinals, and I don't think it'll be enough to maybe even make the playoffs, but they're a team to watch out for, and I'm intrigued by them. Pirates and Reds. Reds, we really don't need to talk about. There's nothing there right now on the major league side of things. It's like really thin. Their prospects are really worth keeping an eye on, though. Ellie De La Cruz, especially, he's really, really intriguing to me. But um, the Pirates are a little more relevant to me. Cabrian Hayes and O'Neill Cruz are young and very high upside left side of the infield. And then McCutcheon coming back is a nice little story for them. Um, again, not a ton here, nowhere close to enough for competing. Mitch Keller is a really interesting name, though. He could have a really good season. Um, I just don't love the depth in this team at all, and there's not really enough star power to do much. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you there. That was a pretty impressive uh, uh, breakdown of the NL Central, by the way, for, for a division that isn't always fully covered. I got to say, that was impressive. I, I think you, you might have hit just about every aspect of every team <laughs> in that division, which, um, like I said, is kudos to you for that. Um, yeah, I, St. Louis, I'll, you know, go back to them. They're a team that I think will win this division, but they're also a team that benefited so much from the old schedule system. Like if we're talking about teams that benefited heavily, St. Louis, I mean, Milwaukee was good too. So when the two of them, I don't think Milwaukee is anywhere near what they were a year or two ago or what St. Louis is unfortunately because yeah like you said tons of potential there um but st louis was basically just i mean just eat up that entire division it was just pirates reds cubs i mean basically easy pickings for them um so i do think this balance schedule is going to show us a bit more of what they're made of um because we've seen them be really good and then we've seen them kind of be a mediocre to good team um, which is really not a division winner, right? So St. Louis, I think, is still my pick. They're still a good team. Just I'm excited to see how they do with this balanced schedule. Um, and Milwaukee, I'd love to see Milwaukee win more. Obviously, it would kind of be unfortunate to see those owners uh, kind of benefit. They're going to benefit anyway, but see them get rewarded for how they treated that franchise would be a little bit, would be great for the future of it. Um, but still, I won't, won't go over too much more there, but I'll, I'll take the Cardinals, um, Milwaukee. I, I just don't think is, is really, they didn't get better. Um, and they were already, I think still slightly worse than the Cardinals. So not a whole lot there. Okay. So let's move on to the NL East last but not least, take it away. Yeah. NL East arguably one of the best, if not the best divisions in baseball up there with the AL East and NL West. Um, just packed, top-heavy, but you have more good teams than bad. Um, obviously, Atlanta Braves winners now, I think, of five straight divisions. Too many at this point. Um, you have the Mets, who won 101 games last year um, and just came up short really even not even the Mets fault they just got outplayed and it's hard to get outplayed when you're winning 101 games so tells you just how good the Braves were down the stretch um 
And then you have the Phillies who probably to most people's surprise, including Phillies fan right here, went all the way to the World Series, went to six games with the Houston Astros, and that cannot be overlooked um, for sure. Only won, only won 87 games, but made the wild card. We talked about it a lot. It All it takes is getting in, especially with the, six, with the extra wild card team. You get in, you have a chance. Um, and then you have the Marlins and Nationals, too. Marlins are a team that, you know, have some promise. They have pitching promise, but they're kind of a same story every year team in the way that the Angels are, just for different reasons, um, where not enough has been done to the offense. It's, yeah, we all know what their situation is. They've got some great pitching talent, right? No doubt about it. They've got guys who are, um, I think Sixto Sanchez suffered another setback. We didn't even really get to see him pitch. Like, if Sixto Sanchez somehow comes back and is is finally healthy, I mean, that rotation had the has the reigning NL Cy Young winner. Maybe my pick again to win it. Um, Alcantara is just so good. Um, and, yeah, the Marlins, from a pitching standpoint, super fun team to watch. They've got guys who throw gas. They've got guys who, you know, finesse pitchers. Um, but – their offense really not much there um and the nationals they're rebuilding you don't need to necessarily knock them for it it's what every team is re- you know they're they're trying to win in a few years and they have prospects for sure um i think the nats farm system is is definitely getting exciting especially with those deals they made in recent years they extended kyber ruiz um they got him a nice contract they've got some pieces that you know, make you believe it. it's not like the Nationals are going nowhere. Yeah, they're probably going to lose a hundred and plus games, and it's going to—they're going to be the laughing stock of the league. But that's not necessarily a bad thing in the rebuilding sense because it's a test year. They're just going to have to see what works, see what doesn't. It's rebuilding, um, and I do like the prospects they have for sure. Um, I'll focus a bit. My pick to win this division. It's tough because I think the Mets, Braves, and Phillies probably all, I wouldn't say have an equal shot, but anything can happen. Um, I'll pick the Braves again, and I hate to do it. Um, They've done it so much, but, you know, they lost Dansby, and they've lost Freddie Freeman, obviously, last year, but they're still such a good team. And I think there are more questions than people, you know, want to to pose about their pitching, um, especially as we've seen in recent um, recent days. I think it was was it Soroka got uh, sent down Triple so A and, and, and Anderson. Triple yeah, a. sorry, I was um, remembering the and name. Kyle yeah. Wright, who was projected to be their number five starter, ended up getting hurt just in his last spring start, and is going to start the season on the IL now. Yeah, so Braves, obviously, thank you for covering me there. Um, um, yeah, so there's a lot of question marks there in that rotation. It's not a very deep rotation, right? Max Fried, very good pitcher. We all know that. Um, but outside of him, things are kind of Charlie Morton is Strider. Strider, though. I don't know. I think Strider, I think Strider's an interesting pitcher. We, he was kind of hurt. You know, everybody remembers the, those last moments with the Hoskins, you know, bat slam, stuff like that where that fastball fastball was at 94 and flat. But um, yeah, 
they've got some guys who are really good, but I think their rotation does significantly fall off um, after those guys. And I, I'm not a hundred percent confident in Strider. Um, I just think, yeah, he throws gas, but I do think that does regret that can regress a bit as hitters are catching up to that stuff now. Um, like having a big fastball isn't all, you know, isn't everything. He's got good off-speed pitches, obviously, but um, I'm still going to take the Braves. Acuna, I think, is going to have a massive season, especially now that he's really healthy. Um, we saw what he did in Venezuela in winter ball. If you didn't, I highly recommend just look at Ronald Acuna highlights from Venezuela winter ball. You want to get a glimpse at, at what he can be this season. Um, and then I'm going to take the Phillies over the Mets. And I know it sounds biased, but I'm going to take the Phillies as a wild card team. And I just think it's because the Mets won its injuries. And obviously that's not a knock on the Mets. But if you look at the injuries, Edwin Diaz, obviously we know, massive blow. Losing a closer like that, there's a reason he got $105 million, right? Massive part of that team. Jose Quintana, you know, a piece still, he's going to be, he's going to be out. Um, I think they released a rotation today. They're going to put Peterson in between um, Scherzer and DeGrom. I think that's really more just giving to, yeah, Verlander, sorry. DeGrom is, DeGrom's gone. Um, but it's a Mets team that I think, you know, Brandon Nimmo should be healthy. Um, I think it's just minor setback again. If he is, I don't expect him to have a massive year. I think he's I think he's a solid player. I don't think he's really um, what a lot of people think he is and what that contract really says he is. I think he's fine, not great. And I think again, it's it's a Mets offense that doesn't have enough guys who can hit the long ball. Um, and I think it could hurt them. I think Lindor, if Lindor can really, you know, he took a step forward last year. If he can take another step forward and be the Lindor that he's paid to be, um, that could be huge. But again, I don't, I don't really believe in their offense. And I think their pitching um, has taken too many hits from an injury standpoint um, to be as scary as it could be. So that's really less of a knock on the Mets as a team and what they've built as a team. We all know what they've spent, but rather just they've lost a lot of guys. Um, and that's also what comes with, you know, their two oldest guys haven't gotten hurt, but they haven't, they have a pitching staff that is composed of some guys who are really old. And Scherzer and Verlander could probably get hurt pretty easily or not, you know, they're candidates to, to go down with some injury just because of their age. Um, so you've already lost some guys to injury and I, I'm not fully confident in either of those guys having um, healthy seasons. Um, and that, yeah, so that's really why I would, I would take the Phillies over them. We saw what the Phillies did in the postseason. We saw what they did when they get hot. Um, offense is very good, obviously. Losing Reese Hoskins is a big blow. That's a thirty, probably a thirty homer guy that you don't have now, um, and they don't have a lot to replace him with. So that combined with Harper being out for probably half the season, if we're being realistic, maybe more. They say his timeline has been good, um, and they're not putting him on the sixty day. But obviously, with these injuries, you really you kind of have to expect the worst. And if we're being realistic, it's probably the all-star break is, is a good, would be a, a nice time for him to come back, but it also wouldn't shock me to see an August return for Bryce Harper or even a little bit later. Cause setbacks like this are 
not unheard of, even for a guy who historically has kind of recovered from injury pretty quickly and comes back. We saw what he's done after getting hit in the hand and stuff like that. Played with a basically a torn UCL last year. Played great, but still, um, obviously, question marks there. And I think the Phillies bullpen also, finally, just a, a high point um, in a spot where the team really hasn't been very good. It's a bullpen that I think is super good. Um, Gregory Soto, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Jose Alvarado. I mean, guys who just throw gas and guys who are you know, elite. Um, so that's why I take the Phillies as a wild card team again. Um, I'll take the Braves winning it. Zach, what do you think of my uh, division prediction? Okay, so I've got one word. You you hit on a lot of things there. Um, the one word of this division to sum up how it's gone so far is injuries. Um, I think every team in the division has had a major injury, like Hoskins for the Phillies, Edwin Diaz for the for the Mets, uh, just kind of the pitching staff in general for the Braves. Um, even the Marlins and Nationals kind of like Sixo Sanchez for the Marlins and. I don't know. The, Mar- the the Nationals don't really have anyone coming to mind. Oh, they do, actually. Their top prospect. Um, he's out for the season with Tommy John. I'm blanking on his name. But uh, their top prospect's done for the year before it even started, which is a big blow to them. Um, let me start bottom up here with this division. The Nationals, again, like you said, this team, the only reason they're intriguing at all is because they've acquired so many new prospects this year and well, last year from the Juan Soto trade and a bunch of other trades, the Scherzer trade the year before, just how much development can guys make this year is the real question. CJ Abrams, James Wood, and Josiah Gray are the three biggest names. And then Kiebert Ruiz, who you touched, touched on his extension, eight-year, um, $50 million. I think that's a bargain for the Nationals just because of how thin catching is in, ma- in the majors. Um, good deal for them, good deal for him. But... Um, this year's all that development, and it's fine if they lose 100 games. I'm totally with you on that. The Marlins, I think that was a very good comp as well, kind of what you said about the Angels, like comparing them to the Angels, but with offensive lacking. Um, again, no disagreements there. I don't think they have enough to really move too far forward yet. They say they want to contend, but then spend money to prove it. That's it. Use the WBC you know, money that you made having games at, Miami, at, at Lone Depot Park to do it, please. That being said, the jerseys that they released, uh, those those powder blue Florida retros are clean. I love them. And the City Connect for the Braves dropped today, or, or a couple days ago as well. Um, and they're really nice as well. Um, now, we get to the three-headed race here. Again, injuries have bitten these teams. They're all really good. The Phillies made the World Series last year. The other two teams won over 100 games. Can't go wrong with these picks. I'm going to go bold here. I'm still going to take the Braves winning the division. I'm going to take the Phillies in the wild card. I'm going to take the Mets not making the playoffs this year. And this might be... Wow. This is my, this, this might come back to sound terrible come, come October, but... I don't know. For every reason you touched on, A, losing their closer, but that's not individually. I said this in the, a couple episodes ago. I don't think losing their, their closer individually should knock out their season because I don't think that alone is, like, if you lose your closer and you're eliminated, then you don't have a good team. But their, rotate, their, their bullpen's thin because not only did they lose Diaz and have to move everyone up a slot, Brooks really is also hurt for a little bit. 
And just overall, the depth really isn't that terrific there. The rotation is scary for, again, the reasons you said. The upside is huge here. Like if DeGrom, oh, I, did, I did what you did. <laughs> uh, if Scherzer and, uh, and Verlander are healthy, this it's the best top two in baseball. And there's a lot of good top twos in baseball. We've kind of gone over them all in the last two episodes here. Um, but this is, there, there's, there are two Hall of Famers. There's like five, six Cy Youngs in there. Like elite, elite top duo. But again, they're both in their 40s. They will probably get hurt. Both of them got hurt last season. Scherzer hasn't stayed fully healthy in like multiple years. It's concerning. Contana's already out. Kode Senga, we like to think we can just slot him in in the middle of the rotation. We probably can, but he's never played in the majors before. We have no idea how he's going to do in the majors. What if hitters really are able to sit his splitter and hit, hit it? We have no idea. So there's risk there. David Peterson makes the rotation. Tyler McGill was optioned in exchange uh, and, and didn't make the rotation. He's pretty solid depth. He's a very above average sixth starter, but is he... If there's a long-term injury to any else, anyone else at this point, we're not in good. They're not in good in, in good shape. Offensively, I do like this team offensively. I think more than Buesdra because they moved the outfield fences in, which is going to be pretty big for guys like Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor. Francisco Alvarez, their catching prospects, a really intriguing name as well to keep an eye on. He didn't make the opening day roster, but I'll be very intrigued to see if he makes. Uh, if he, I'm sure he will come up at some point early in the season, but how big of an impact he makes is the question. But there's just a couple of positions that are really lacking. Again, like kind of what I said about the Giants. If they sign Correa, it's a different story, but, um, you know, McNeil's a great second baseman, one of the best in baseball. But third base is kind of mad. Brett Beatty didn't make the team. We'll see how he does in the minors. Um, and then the outfield, Starling Marte, good, but not as great defensively as it used to be, probably limited to a corner outfield spot at this point and decline is likely. Um, we'll see. Uh, with Nimmo, again, I kind of agree there. A little bit of regression is probably likely, but he's a good player. And um, Can has a nice nice guy too, He's especially against lefties. But DH, power in general, lacking here. Should be better with the smaller stadium, but we'll see. And again, you know, not facing the Braves and Phillies a lot. It's big for them. I don't know. It's this, this division could go in so many ways. The Phillies could underwhelm us really well, you know, too, without Harper, without Hoskins. Like those are two big bats for uh, for Harper half the season, Hoskins the full season that are gone. Um, but the impact Trey Turner has, I think, makes up for it. Again, talking about top of the rotation dynamic duos, it doesn't really get much better either than Wheeler Nola up there. It's just so good. Um, Ranger Suarez's health is quite concerning though. Not like not sure about the details there, but he could be out a long time. Maybe it's not much. Um, Taiwan Walker, inconsistent, but he's fine. He's a good middle of the rotation guy. Overall, I just like the fact that they were able to kind of, you know, turn things around after the Girardi firing. And it's it was like a whole different team under Thompson the whole time. And the fact that they're starting the year with him, I know it doesn't mean everything, but they're kind of carrying all the momentum from the World Series. They've got the bullpen back. They've improved the bullpen. Sir Anthony Dominguez is, you know, looked really good in the playoffs. I think this is a team that can really contend, uh, of course, but I think contend for a World Series again, especially if Harper gets back mid-year. I'm going to take them as the wild card just because I still don't think they can beat the Braves. I think Matt Olson is going to be 
in the MVP conversation this year with Acuna. It's going to be a really good team. Um, but I agree that the pitching is questionable, but Alex Anthopoulos' recent trade deadline moves just shows how aggressive he's willing to be, and that's why I'm going to give him a vote of confidence there. Um, so, yeah, to wrap it up, all my predictions. I'm going to take the Braves in the NL East. I'll take the Cardinals, and I'll take the Dodgers, which a couple bold ones there. Wild cards. This is where it's going to get spicy for me. I'm going to go no particular order here. I'm just going to take three. Phillies, Diamondbacks, and Padres. Probably in like revert and like Padres are going to be the top seed. Phillies, Diamondbacks, three. With the Mets missing out by one game and the Cubs missing out by less than five games. So I'm going pretty bold and specific here. I Again, this could uh, totally bite me uh, in October. We'll see. But this is just kind of where my head's at. It's just... Diamondbacks upside is real. And I think this team has so much like secret people are going to be really under like undervaluing them all year. And then if Corbin Carroll can live up to the hype, if a couple other guys can live up to the hype, Gallon keeps doing what he's been doing. This is a really good team. Uh, and then the Phillies already talked about and the Padres, you know, are very obvious pick for the wild card if they don't win the division. So yeah. What do we think? What, what are you thinking, Ezra? I'll stick with the Braves and Cardinals, and then I'm going to go with the Padres. I think some chaos in the chaos in the NL West would be super fun. That's just a really cool team to watch. Tatis, I mean, just electric personalities on that team. Um, that D-backs pick, it's reminding me a little bit of that Tigers pick you made uh, last last year. We all know how that went. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to knock it. I, I'm a big believer in Corbin Carroll. And Zach Allen is super good, really underrated. Um, but I'm not fully – I think they should move their their outfield walls in and it help should. them out a lot. <laughs> but, you know, where – I do – I do – that. it does go to show you. That's a great point. Like, how volatile things can be. Like, we, we, we didn't go crazy bold with many of our picks here today and yesterday. Um, you know, we kind of – I think for me, I have – five of this, or actually maybe even all six of the division winners staying the same from last year with some bold wild card moves. Um, is that really likely? Like probably not, right? Like look at what we had. If you go back to our episode last year, we probably had the White Sox running away with the division. We had the Guardians not even in contention. We had the Angels maybe being better. We didn't have the Mariners. Well, I didn't necessarily believe in the Mariners as much as you did. Um like we got things right. I said the Phillies were going to the World Series. You said the Mariners were going to really contend. Um, but like things changed quickly. And like the Tigers had a lot of upside last year. They just signed Baez. They, there was a lot of excitement there. Riley Green, Torkelson, whatever. And they all kind of were terrible. And that could very, very well happen with the Diamondbacks. But I'm just, I like banking on the young team upside. I've been there as a fan with my teams. And I just want, I, I, I just think it's possible for the D-backs with the lightened schedule playing the uh, NL West less, I think there's some really intriguing upside here. So, but yes, it could come back to be just as bad as the Tigers. Totally agree. Yeah. I'll, uh, yeah. Like you said, we made some, we probably made some pretty bad picks. Um, we've all been there. Um, I'll go back to my wild card predictions. Um, nothing too crazy. I'm going to go with the Phillies um Dodgers 
And then for my third, I'm going to take the Mets. And I'm not disagreeing fully with your, you know, you said missed by one game. Um, I'm not fully disagreeing with, with everything you said there. But I do think it's still, they're still a wild card team. Um, and I, you know, maybe we'll see some competition from some teams in the central for sure. Um, like it wouldn't shock me if the Brewers, even though, you know, we kind of were down on them quite a bit this episode, but there's still a team that has some pieces and like a Christian Yelich turning it around a bit could do wonders for that team. They've got some, they've got good pitching, right? But they need some, they could really use Yelich to kind of play up to what he has, what he's supposed to be. Um, and yeah, I'll take the Mets though. Um, I don't think we're anybody could really handle the Frank the Tank meltdown video if the Mets miss the playoffs by one game. Um, I just don't think Twitter might break. Um, so I'll take the Mets going into playoffs. I think the Mets will get eliminated in the first first wild card round pretty easily, but I still think they'll make it. Um, yeah. Who knows? We'll see. It's always fun to revisit these episodes for sure. I'm going to be going back through ours uh, shortly. Yeah. All right. You want to give your World Series predictions now? World Series? Oh. Hey, just keep in mind, I won Phillies last year. You did. I, I, you're great. You're, I mean, I think you, you're, you're pretty good at this. Uh, you can predict for them. Um, if you want to say they're going to go to go to it again. I'm not going to – I don't know. If you get it wrong, though, I'm going to be – I'm going to let you go first this time. I think I went first last year. I'm going to let you go first. All right. I'm going to go with something that might be a little familiar if you're, you know, listen to our predictions from last season. I'm going to ride with the Seattle Mariners going to the World Series again, and I'm going to have them facing off. This isn't necessarily a team I want to pick, but it's a team that I have a feeling – um, could really do it. I'm going to have the Mariners and the Cardinals in the World Series. And I, the reason I say this is because I think the Cardinals are a team that when they get hot are just so, so, so dangerous. And I don't know why. Maybe it's St. Louis being a great baseball city. But the Cardinals, when, they, when they're clicking, I just find them to be such a terrifying team. And I think it's less to do with necessarily the team itself, but just the atmosphere. A little bit like the Phillies in a way. Just everything coming together. So I'm going to take the Mariners and Cardinals. I'm going to take the Seattle Mariners winning it in six games. I'm taking them again. I think it's a really exciting team. Astros will probably end up, you know, knocking them out, but we forget just how close Seattle, like they lost three games. They got swept, but those games, if it weren't for Jordan Alvarez, uh, Seattle yeah. probably would have advanced and Jeremy Pena. Yep. So I think Seattle's they're a lot closer to Houston than people think. Um, so I'm going to take the Mariners. We'll see. Hopefully okay. uh, I get something right this time. I am going to start off by saying we totally blanked on one Cardinal name, Jordan Walker, their top prospect. He's opening the, uh, the year on their roster. His success is a big X factor for them. Anyway, my prediction Good prediction, by the way. I'm going to go with the Houston Astros and the AL losing in seven games to none other than their first championship ever, San Diego Padres 2023. Wild card team in the NL West. 
making the ride. They almost did it last year. I think they're going to do it this year, go all the way. Something about, you know, all the stars they have, Tatis, Machado, Bogarts, Cronenworth. Um, and then the pitching is just so good. Haters, a really good closer. There's so much to like about this team. They're fun. If they stay healthy, they're going to win a lot of games, no matter what. But I see this team um, going all the way. The Astros, it's just hard to bet against them at this point. They've done it too often to kind of say otherwise. So until they're proven wrong, I'm going to keep putting my money on them. Um, and I think we were in for a competitive series, but the Astros just haven't won much in Game 7 outside of uh, outside of that first championship in 2017. We all know how that went down. So I don't know. I think I think Padres, if the Padres can get forced Game 7, I think we're we're going to see them hoisting the World Series trophies for the first time in their franchise history. I don't hate it. I, I don't hate it. They're a really good team. And Slam Diego is super fun. So maybe the Diamondbacks gonna, make that run and it. they finish last in the division. Kidding. D-backs. <laughs> if the D-backs, if the D-backs win it, I'm not going to put any. If the D-backs win the World Series, I don't know what I'm saying I'm going to do, but I don't know. Maybe yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that. They could very well finish in the basement of the division. And why we can laugh at me, but that happened last year with the yeah. Tigers. But hey, at least I got the Phillies it's okay. right. Okay, Javi Baez, it's not your fault. Javi Baez forgot how to uh, hit a baseball, make contact, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not chase uh, pitches. So it's okay. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, this has been quite a long episode. Um, you know, we brought you the AL predictions yesterday. Today we're here at the NL, and tomorrow, tomorrow. March 30th, the national holiday of opening day. Hope you guys are all celebrating in your fun, respective ways, but no matter what, watching baseball, whether it's on TV or in person, just do your best, watch baseball, relax, take the day, you know, competitive MLB baseball is back. And it doesn't get much better than that. You know, the full grind is ahead of us. Lots to look forward to. Lots of our predictions being totally wrong and maybe totally right. And I'm sure your predictions as well. But overall, just a very fun day, and it's always fun marking the beginning of a new season, especially one with a lot of change with the pitch clock, the new rules, the balance schedule. Um, so, yeah, any any final words for you, Ezra? No, I'm just super pumped. Like, WBC was great, kind of appetizer for baseball, but now we get to the real thing, and it's going to be awesome. So, can't wait. Full summer of baseball. It's going to be great. Yeah, exactly. Can't can't put it any differently. It's just, it's, WB, WBC was awesome. Meant a lot to the players. Meant a lot to the fans. Competitive baseball was unreal. But, you know, Major League Baseball, we still got our teams. We've got, we've got all the players and, you know, Major League Caliber guys. Um, it's just, it's just a different breed. And uh, it'll be fun, especially down the stretch. But, you know, it starts with day one, and let's see, it, you know, if I'm if we're listening to my Mets prediction, if we're learning from the 2021 AL wildcard race, it comes down to day one. Like people say, oh, opening day, it doesn't matter, it's April. Some seasons can be decided by one game. So I'm saying the Mets are going to be decided by one game. It's happened before. Let's see what happens like this year. But that will do for our off-season content. 
of Back at the Wall Pod. We hope you enjoyed. Thank you so much for sticking with us throughout. Um, and we will be back sometime soon with regular season content, hopefully. And um, we're just excited to keep bringing, bringing and talking about baseball. So that'll do it for us today. Thank you so much again to listening to Back at the Wall Pod. And we will see you next time. Back.